This is Faith in Action, the program that looks at how people put their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is a production of Catholic Radio Indy. Now here's today's program. This is Faith in Action on Catholic Radio. I'm Jim Ganley. Our co-host is Bridget Ayer. Hello. Great to be with you. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And Bridget, it is coming up. Now, we've been talking about it for a little while, but the golf outing, the Catholic Radio golf outing, is just around the corner. Now, last year, of course, because of the COVID, we uh, didn't have a golf outing, and we missed you. We really missed everybody. But uh, we're going to be back at Plum Creek this year, and it's going to be May 25th. That's a Tuesday, May 25th. Uh, you can make it a better part of a day if you want. We, we try and start it uh, a little late in the morning, so if you want to get in the office and get some things done first and then slip out and uh, go have a fun day at the golf course, you can do that. Uh, you can go to Mass at the golf course if you want. Then there's lunch, a shotgun start, a lot of interesting, fun contests and prizes, and then a uh, complete dinner as well. And Chris Ballard, general manager of the Colts, will be our uh, guest speaker. So it's going to be a great idea if you have some suggestions and, you know, how Chris <laughs> ought to run the organization and just what he ought to do with certain players and things. I'm sure he'd be happy to. Well, maybe not. But Chris Ballard will be our speaker, and it's going to be uh, a fun evening. So that is May 25th, the golf outing. You can register right now at catholicradioindy.org. Catholicradioindy.org. You'll see a big uh, spread about the golf as soon as you open the web page there, and you can just uh, click and register. It's that easy. Catholic Radio indy.org you can golf as an individual or as a foursome or if you don't golf at all but would like to be a volunteer give us a call here and we'll uh, find a suitable job for you and you'll have a great day out on the golf course as well well if you're tech savvy uh, i just want to mention this we do have a catholic radio indy facebook page if you are on that platform um, we'd love to see you over there we got close to about uh, almost 900 people now and we also podcast all of our shows so we will be podcasting this show if you miss it on the air you can catch it later we going to say something jim i i, well, I just thought of one <laughs> job we really need to have fulfilled at our golf so let me throw this out there we are going to have the golf cannon again and the cannon really looks like a bazooka i think it's 72 inches long you put it up to your shoulder and it's got a little sight on it and things you put your golf ball in the cannon and aim it down the fairway and uh, hey it's a lot of fun we need a volunteer to run the cannon for us it's very simple oh that's it, a fun it, job it, it's air powered but you just need to see that everybody uh, gets a real quick instruction on how to do it and where to aim it and everything like that. But we need to have a volunteer that will help us do that. And so if uh, that sounds like a, a challenge for you, something you'd be interested in doing, please call us here at the station. Also, we might be in need of a couple of scuba tanks. Now, we're <laughs> for golf. I'm you curious, need, Jim. You, you need scuba tanks? Well, uh, the reason you need scuba tanks, the cannon or bazooka, is air-powered. And oh. so if someone has some scuba tanks, we just need a tank full of air, fill up the gun, shoot the gun, fill it up again, shoot it again. And so the supply comes from the scuba tank. So if, if you have one of those, uh, give us a call here, 
870-8400. Well, our topic today has nothing to do with scuba tanks, Jim. You really, really <laughs> threw me for a curve there. Uh, well, with this uh, recent COVID shutdown, many schools or many, many parents uh, have been quasi homeschooling, and some are even considering doing it past the um, pandemic once that all winds down. So that's our topic today. We're going to be talking about homeschooling, and we're going to be talking with a seasoned homeschooler, Jen Smith. She is a mother of seven, um, and you're a parishioner at St. Michael the Archangel Parish, and you've been homeschooling for quite a while. So welcome to Faith in Action, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. That was a super, super long intro that we had for this show. So uh, thank you for being patient during all that. Well, well, Jen, now you and Kevin, Kevin was the best man um, uh, to my husband in our wedding. And you guys have been married, I want to say, some, a little over 20 years. Is that about right? Yes, 23 years. Yeah. 23 years. Yeah, we're a little bit, little bit under that. But now you have seven kids. Is that right? Yes. Yes, our oldest is 21, and our youngest is 4, and we have all ages in between. Wow, that, that is amazing, and that is such a great witness. I, I, whenever I see families that have many children, I'm just in awe because, you know, I only have three, and I'm just like, wow, I mean, just multiply that times two, you know, at, <laughs> and plus one, you know, there. Um, so now, how long have you been homeschooling, and who are you homeschooling right now? Okay, uh, this is our 10th year of homeschooling, which I had to actually count that up. When you asked me about this, I, I wasn't sure, but um, Maddie started, uh, Maddie and Olivia, uh, they're our oldest girls, and um, Maddie had attended St. Michael grade school uh, through fifth grade. So when we started, she came home in the sixth grade, and Olivia started first grade. Okay, and then everybody... So now Maddie is a a Marion University student. She's getting ready to... She'll graduate in the next year. And I have um, Noah, 8th grade. Henry is 6th grade. Leo is 4th grade. Cecilia is 2nd grade. And Philomena is a pre-K student. She's very excited. I mean, it is just absolutely amazing, anybody that does this, because it's so funny, you know, all the, all the stuff on social media and, and everything that we've heard just in this last year of, of parents that are kind of quasi-homeschooling yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, not, and not set up for it. And not, right. not, it, it's just been kind of a nightmare because it's neither. It's, they're not really doing it, and, and I don't know if their teachers are really doing it either. Yeah, I, I have, you know, kind of felt sympathized with, with the parents who are, are forced to be at home without, like you said, any real preparation or maybe putting any, you know, having the time to put thought into it or whatever. And um, it's, it's not easy. It's definitely not, not the easier path. <laughs> and, you know, we have the utmost respect for teachers because I always said I could never have a classroom, you know, of, of 20 students or 30 students. I don't know how teachers are able to do it, you know, in, in a traditional school. So it goes both ways. No doubt. <laughs> now, now, even COVID aside, uh, there is a lot of uh, pseudo homeschooling going on because of uh, the COVID virus. But even that aside, there's a lot of people that are choosing homeschooling because of some of the things that are taught in public schools. Uh, I assume you run into other parents from time to time that are uh, homeschooling as well. Is that a, one of the reasons that people do homeschooling? You know, I, I'm sure, I, you know, everybody has their reasons, um, and I think that more and more the, the things that we 
see on on the news or social media, we're seeing a lot of kind of scary things that maybe happen in the classroom. And um, you know, we we that is not the reason that we chose to homeschool necessarily. We were very happy with the school. Um, for us, it was more about relationship and about the the family, um, our family as a family, and how we work together. And um, but you know, there there are so many different reasons. I think some parents. Um, just have have a longing from the very beginning that they know they want to homeschool. Um, we took a little, not convincing, but we, you know, that idea didn't come to us naturally because naturally you send your child to a traditional school and, and that's just kind of how it goes. So we're doing a very, um, I guess, kind of a, a an orthodox thing, you know, going against the flow a little bit when you choose homeschooling. So not only finding the right reasons, but then, you know, having to explain it to everybody and, um, I guess, justify that or whatever in, in your mind. So, yeah, it's not an easy choice for sure. So I, I'm curious, how did you happen to make this decision? Were were you, and I, people ask this question of me when I talk about this topic, um, were you homeschooled, you or your husband, Kevin, and or and how did you then happen to make this decision? Did you do you, do you have to be called or is everybody called? I mean, I, I guess that's a weird question. I mean, more parents are the first teachers, so yeah. t- talk about talk about how you decided. Well, we were fortunate enough to be um, part of a, a Catholic family um, kind of a study prayer group together, mm-hmm. and there were several families uh, in that group that were homeschooling at the time, and to me. That was such a beautiful witness, um, like I said, of, of the family and just that, that togetherness, that unity, growing in faith. Um, it was just a beautiful, to me, just a, just a lovely option for, you know, that, that's possible. And to um, not only raise your children in, in the faith and have a, a strong commitment to that, which I felt like we were getting in the school, um, but just overall building those relationships and uh, being a part of that, I, I was already at home. I was already uh, I was working from home a little bit, and then as the children started coming, we decided to to uh, that I would be at home and stay at home and raise the kids. Um, so it was we were kind of already there. You know, I was already at home doing that, and so to fall into the homeschooling routine um, was an easier choice because I was already home. Some parents may have to make that decision to cut back to one income to make that work. Um, we also have a friend who works part-time, so, you know, she's doing both, and, mm-hmm. and how do you make that work? Wow. So there are a lot of different um, options and, and ways to get it done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for us, it was, it was just that really beautiful example of these other families that led us to it. And I, it's kind of funny because... I was ready. I was, I was like, oh, this is, this is it. I just love this. It's so beautiful. Let's do it. Kevin was a little more reserved about it. And I kept saying, here, look at this book. Read this book. Read this article. Read, you know. And, of course, working all the time, he didn't quite have a, as much time to read as I was doing. Um, mm-hmm. So he, he did look into it, and I was ready to go one year. And that would have been when Olivia entered kindergarten and Maddie entered fifth grade. And I was ready. And he was not ready. And so we talked and talked and talked about it, took a little convincing. So then the next year, we were both ready. We were both on board. He knew more, was more supportive, and 
um, could kind of understand where I was coming from and, and was just very ready to be supportive. Mm-hmm. Now he tells me, <laughs> on those days where I'm like, that's it, we're done. He's like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> this is the best. This is what we want, remember? you know. So he, he encourages me on those harder days. So. Now, do you uh, teach all of the subjects yourself? And kind of a companion question is what kind of tools do you use? How do you know what to teach and how long to teach it and... Uh, yeah. You know, teach. How do you know that third grade English goes from here to here? How, right. how do you know all of that? Well, there are so many. Um, there are so many curriculum choices. I knew that I couldn't do it on my own. I have friends who really love to do that research and have kind of developed their own kind. Of maybe picking and choosing from different um, companies and their curriculum. I know when people first started homeschooling. They were literally writing the playbook and figuring it out, and mm-hmm. now we have so many options. It's it's really fantastic. At the same time, it can be a little overwhelming because there are so many options. Um, I chose, there were three uh, specifically Catholic curriculums, uh, Seton is one, and Colbe, and Mother of Divine Grace. And Mother of Divine Grace is the one that I felt suited me and my needs, and they really... Uh, guide you, and they tell you. I needed somebody to tell me what needed to be done. And so they provide a curriculum for me with breaking down, so Cecilia's second grade curriculum, which math book, I have a, I have a consultant, and she can tell me, here's what we recommend. You don't have to use that book, but this is what we recommend for second grade math and English and science and so on. So every week, they are providing me with a list of the checkboxes, and I <laughs> go down the list. Mm-hmm. And, and again, for me, that's what I needed. I needed someone to be accountable to, uh, just because that's my personality. I needed someone to kind of help me guide, you know, be guided through it and, and say, okay, here's the box to click for today, and so on. Um, mm-hmm. And there are, like I said, you can design your own. You can, um, there's so many so many resources, secular and, and Catholic. I mean, they're, they're just, they're mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Now, do you <laughs> so there's no, there's no problem finding out choices. Uh, the problem is making the choice. I mean, sure. To narrow it down to what you like. Now, do you have uh, specific times of the day that you teach particular subjects? I mean, does, cl- does school start at 8 o'clock in the morning or 9 o'clock in the morning? And does English class go from 9.30 to 10.30 or... Uh, how do you determine that sort of thing? Sure. I think one of the things that, that one of the pieces of advice that I got along the way was don't try to do school at home. We're homeschooling, and it's true that we have our curriculum to do. But for me, again, it didn't work out to try to do math at 9 a.m. and English at 10 a.m. and so on. So what I try to do with the kids is do those harder subjects first, so math, we seem to be able to, um, after we get up and go in the morning, math we get done and over with, and that's because we're not necessarily math-minded. We like science and we like art and we love to read here in our home. Um, so I, a math teacher might cringe when I say we just get math out of the way. <laughs> so it's kind of like a harder subject that we need to tackle first. Um, but no, we're not, our schedule is more kind of rooted around um, what might naturally come at home, you know, breakfast, um, 
after lunch we might have quiet time or after lunch we might do piano because people aren't trying to study their math fractions. So um, we try to break it down more in a sense of what's happening naturally in, in the family. We do try to get it done, you know, everything done during the course of the school day and normal hours. Um, but another perk for me is I'm not an early riser, and so for us to get up and be working, you know, fully working by 9 o'clock is good. I, I'm, I don't really want to be doing math at 7 a.m., and if we want to do it in our jammies, we can. <laughs> we don't do that necessarily, but there are, you know, there's a lot of flexibility there with how you can schedule your day. We need to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk, give you some tips on how you can start homeschooling if you want to do that. So stay tuned for more Faith in Action. Got an older vehicle that you just don't know what to do with? You've thought about selling it, but do you really want to pay for the ads, answer the phone calls, set up appointments, and let strangers come to the house for a test drive? Maybe you've thought about trading it in, but you don't need another vehicle right now. So there it sits taking up space while you continue to keep it insured and licensed. Well, here's a better idea. How about using that car or truck to help somebody get to heaven? Oh, you can't just drive them to heaven in it. It's not that simple. But you can donate the car or truck to Catholic Radio. We'll turn it into cash to keep this station on the air so we can keep broadcasting God's message of salvation. And that really can help someone get to heaven. It doesn't have to run. It doesn't have to look pretty. It's still valuable to us. To donate a car, call us at 317-870-8400 or visit catholicradioindy.org. That's catholicradioindy.org. Welcome back to Faith in Action. I'm Bridget Ayer. Jim Ganley and I are in the studio, and we're talking with our guest, Jen Smith. She is a seasoned homeschooler, been homeschooling for 10 years, and she's going to give us some tips here in a little bit. But before we get to that, I want to ask you, is it, in terms of Indiana law, is is Indiana um, an easy state to homeschool in, or what kind of requirements does Indiana have for people that want to homeschool? Sure. Um, Indiana is very homeschool friendly. Um, I know that when we researched it in the very beginning, I can't even tell you where it was, um, but there, there was an option somewhere along the way where we could submit to the state that we were choosing to homeschool. That wasn't even necessary, I found out later. Um, I think it made Kevin and I feel better that we were being official. Mm -hmm. But officially, in Indiana, you have to keep 180 days record of attendance, and that's about it officially that you have to do. Um, I have never heard of anyone, you know, kind of following up on that or any kind of process at all that I know of. Aside from that, you keep your 180 days, and um, you know. Hopefully, if you you choose to do that, you're obviously going to to put your heart into it, and and you know, educate the children over the course of the year according to the grade and everything. So, um, I don't I don't know why Indiana's so friendly towards homeschooling when other states aren't, but it's really easy to just go and get started. For us, the hardest thing to do was to go to the school and tell them that we were going to withdraw our kids mm-hmm. because we had a great relationship there. It was a great school. Um, so for us, that was the, the hardest part of the whole bit, mm-hmm. was just now, now making other, that step. <laughs> uh, other than what you mentioned there, is there any documentation that you have to do as a teacher, and are you ever kind of subject to an inspection? Does a an sta- audit. <laughs> state inspection come to your home and say, let's just see what you're doing here? No. I, I Like I said, I have never heard of that. I don't know of anybody that's experienced that. 
for myself, I made myself, when we very first started, I made myself a little monthly chart, and I did, you know, the whole school year, the 180 boxes, and I checked them all off over the course of the year. Um, for Mother of Divine Grace, which we use, I we're actually, technically, we're enrolled in their school. So even though we're homeschooling, they keep a record for me, and I, I wanted that. So you can choose to do it on your own and track your, your own 180 days and mm-hmm. your, in your curriculum, however you choose to do that. I, I have that done for me through that particular curriculum. Mm-hmm. I don't know if others do that, but, but they do that for me. And they would also keep a transcript for me. Mm-hmm. And I know when you get to high school, that, that would be key. When you get to high school and you're homeschooling, you need to keep a transcript because every college entrance is different. Uh, we Maddie went to Marion University, and they were also very open, willing, friendly towards us as homeschoolers. Um, but she did have a, a transcript provided through Mother of Divine Grace because she graduated high school with that particular curriculum. But if you're not with the curriculum, you would have to to um, provide your own transcript, and there are resources for that as well. Mm-hmm. There are resources for how to do that, how to track it, how to... Uh, type up your description for the course and what would need what a college would need officially mm-hmm. for that. So now we've talked to uh, homeschoolers here before on Faith in Action, and we've talked to students who are homeschooled uh, on our Faith in Action program at various times. A question just popped into my head as we were talking about this: Do you grade the students? Do they do your, your students, which are your children, do they get A, B, C, D, E, and do they pass or fail, or how does that work? curriculum they do when they get older that's really more for high school when they get a grade the hardest thing for us to do um, is probably to take a test because I'm I'm right there and we talk so much and ask questions all the time that when they have like a test format it's really hard to to you know maybe for them to understand oh we can't we're not talking about this one I just have to do this on my own but even in a test format so when Leo takes his math test, he tur- he does it, he gives it to me, <clears throat> and I'll check off if there's any that he got wrong, then we just go over it right then. Because in my opinion, and, and I've heard this so many times, the idea is, is mastery, you know, not, not necessarily quantity or finishing the book, but is he mastering the, the topic? So if I give him a test and he fails on fractions and we just move along, then he hasn't really learned and understood the fractions. So we, we talk about it and we go over it right then to make sure that the next time he, he has a test, he, mm-hmm. that concept is, is mastered mm-hmm. for him, and the same with language or anything like sure. that. Sure. One of the biggest concerns you hear about homeschooling is extracurriculars or lack of same and social skills, learning social skills with other students because they're only interacting with family. Sure. Yeah, and you know, that was exactly what we were told when, um, by the school when we, when we told them we were going to withdraw, you know, for the next year. Well, what about socialism or, you know, socializing your kids? And I, I had to laugh because I thought, there's nine of us in a home, you know, first <laughs> of all. So they're going to get some social skills, I'm pretty sure. And then I have to laugh at myself, too, because there were times early on when I was like, 
we're homeschooling, but we're never home. We're always at the co-op or in a you know event or we're at a field trip, and we're because I was so afraid that um, we would miss out and we wouldn't be doing enough that we didn't focus on what you know what we were to do at home, and so that was a learning to say no to all those wonderful opportunities. You know that's hard. There were there's so many options. My kids are in a, a homeschooling band. Um, we're taking taekwondo lessons. And uh, just, you know, there's all kinds of activities. Olivia was just uh, selected with a very large group to be, um, she's going to spend a summer doing service work. And so they are not lacking for, for social opportunities. And, and, you know, we're at home, we're learning not only our faith and our fractions, but, you know, how to be kind to each other and conflict management and that kind of stuff. So um, I, I feel like that's the top question, but I would assure people that, that there, you, you know, you have a network of friends and family and neighbors, and um, there's so much to do in your just in your own parish. Get involved with ministries there and activities, and kids can learn a lot in a lot of different situations. If anything, it sounds like you're able to to do more socialization in a way versus you know less. Yeah, I think so, and I I think that uh, this is another good piece of advice that that I heard early on was, you know, when children are are around. A lot of different age age groups mm-hmm. at once, neighbors or you know relatives or whoever, they're learning to interact with with adults and younger kids at the same time, and maybe not so much um, in a classroom of of all sixth graders. You know, you're getting just that input from all of those same that same age group, and we do try to you know our our sons uh, mow lawns for neighbors and um, you know kind of a little business, and so they're they're just there's so many opportunities to learn. So I would say you can cross that concern right off the list because <laughs> you you will have you will be surprised. In fact, I sometimes I need to not be social. Like Kevin always laughs because when he gets home, he says I like throw down the, you know, the puff of smoke and disappear cuz I'm like, I'll see ya. I'm going to be in my room reading. <laughs> I just need to not be social for a minute. <laughs> yeah, you need to de- decompress. Exactly well, right. <laughs> you, when we were at the break, you mentioned a, a book that you wanted to share with our audience that you thought was a really good resource. Do you want to yes. tell us about that? Yeah, this this book, uh, it's called Real Learning, Education in the Heart of the Home. And it's by Elizabeth Foss, F-O-S-S. And, you know, this book is just lovely. It, it just talks so much about the idea of this, of a home education is to teach the children to love to learn. And it's, it's more about the, you know, the process of, of what they're experiencing and, and learning to think for themselves and learning to just love to be, to find out something new, to dive deeper into different topics. Um, and I think also um, to learn to fill their emotional tank um, and your own. And, and ways that you can do that. So, because um, it's not easy, it's it's not an easy road, um, but it's I think it's very very rewarding. Well, we are out of time. This has been a really interesting interview. I hope people will take um, uh, homeschooling to prayer as maybe an option of what God might be calling them to do. Today, our guest has been Jen Smith, uh, homeschooler extraordinaire, <laughs> uh, parishioner at St. Michael the Archangel Parish. Thanks for being our guest today. Of course, you're welcome. Thank you so much. You have been listening to Faith in Action, the program that looks at how people put their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is a presentation of Catholic Radio Indy. 
You can hear this episode of Faith in Action again or any past episode at catholicradioindy.org. If you have a suggestion for a guest or topic for a future program, please call us at 317-870-8400 or email jim at catholicradioindy.org.